Hey, <laughs> I'm back. Oh, wow, and so are you, obviously, if you're listening to this. Um, heads up, this is going to be a long episode. This is going to be a lengthy conversation that I'm going to have with myself and discussion with whoever's listening. Someone's driving by, clearly. That was annoying. Um... But it was nice. Someone's clearly getting home safely. I could hear that they drove by safely. Good for them. Um, see, I'm trying to find... I'm, I'm positively faithfulling. But long story short, this is going to be a long episode. That's why I said um, it's going to be titled LGL um, Mental Health Part 1 um, with me. And then I'm, I actually think I'm going to put this link on Twitter so people can join the studio while I am live, believe it or not. Um, so let me take a drink of water. Stay hydrated. I went for a bike ride this evening by myself and mm, just got out of the shower. I feel so refreshed. It was such a nice little, oh, perfect night for a bike ride. Okay, so let's, oh, guest. You guys would be a guest. Okay, so we'll do guest option. Like I said, um, Feel free to skip through parts of this. Um, it, your time is valuable. You're coming here to listen to me. I appreciate you for that. And when I say I love you and I appreciate you, I mean it to every single listener, family, friend, or, or someone on the other side of the world, wherever you're listening from, whatever platform, you took your the time out of your day to come listen to me and think with me. And your time is valuable. That's one of the lessons I'm trying to point out um, throughout my, my show. Um, so just thank you for coming and listening. Even if it's just a couple of seconds, couple of minutes, you came to listen to me, and I appreciate that. And we're going to um, explain why I'm so thankful about that later on in this episode. But let's copy this link. Let's go to Twitter, Logan Socials. Twitter. I'm so OCD on my... Oh my God, I got I to gotta remember I'm recording live now. Now that I'm searching on the internet, that's crazy. Um... I'm still recording, but anyhow, this is all new to me, clearly, um, and I'm so grateful, like, I have, like, mm, I think it was 49 or some, almost 50 listeners, over 70 plays, or starts at least, for a minute and, or two minutes, or whatever the statistic is, or more, what? I can't believe I reached that many people, and I'm just so proud of myself for, like, putting myself out there like that, because... It's hard to be vulnerable, and there's a lesson in that, too. All right, so let's tweet. What's happening? Yo. No, let's do that now. Good evening, all. Good evening, all. I am recording my podcast. This is so weird. <laughs> Live right now, if you would like to come come be on air and say hi smiley face and then paste the link lots of characters Good evening, all. I am recording my podcast live right now. If you would like to come be on air and say hi or something, um, 
If not, I'm recording this live. I gotta really be mindful of what I'm saying. But like, I just want this to, I want this to be like a mutual space of, that's why I'm trying to get so many of my friends and family involved and people that I care about. And I, and I want people even that I don't know to come on the show. And because like, I want, this is my safe space. I am in my studio, which like I said before, is literally my spare room and my office and study and book, whatever. But it's safe to me and my podcast. I want it to be a safe show for whoever you are. My mother to my aunt to a cousin to my brother to uh, an LGBTQIA plus member. I hope I said that right. I am not completely politically educated yet. <laughs> um, I don't care who you are or where. I mean, I care who you are and where you come from. The point is, is that I value your time and... I like talking to people. I like having conversations because people make me think just how I make people think of things in different ways. People make me think of things in different ways. And um, that's why I like, I just want people to have constructive, meaningful, positive and loving conversations with those that they care about in their life. And that's what I'm trying to show on, trying to show on LGL. So good evening, all. I'm recording my podcast live right now. If you would like to come be on air and say hi or something. If not, the episode will be posted later. Later on, dot, 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 positively faithful. Um, it's winky. And... Tweet. Wow. Okay, well, let's see if anybody... Joins, um joins in or says something or just comes and listens live that'd be crazy and cool but i'm gonna keep that tab open i think my ring is on my phone in case family or friends text me because like when if you call me like i'm not gonna stop recording like if i'm in my zone and i'm doing my thing and you call me and i love you and i care about you and i want to know what you have to say good or bad friends family whoever you are like if i care enough about you to take my you take the time out of your day to call me because you want to ask me tell me whatever you want to speak to me if i'm available and i care about you i'm gonna answer the phone and i'm not gonna rush you off unless something is a little more important and i can get back to you later and you you know you will be okay until our conversation continues later i learned that lesson when i um i kept my I did not. I always kept my phone on vibrate at bedtime until my grandmother was diagnosed with cancer and um, moved within five minutes of my childhood home where my parents and my brother and me were. This was a, quite a while ago. This is 2000 and she passed in 2017. So it was either like the end of 16 or beginning of 17 because she passed January, March 14th. 15th. I am awful. How do I not know? I have a tattooed on me. Um, 2017. I lost my mom's mom, my mom's dad, and my dad's mom. The year that I graduated high school, started college, and was trying to come out. Yeah. That was when I was really picking up on the psychiatrist and therapy appointments. 
but you know what? That's the hope I needed. And my parents helped me seek that out. And the, the person, my parents went with me to my first appointment with my um, psychiatrist. Um, I think I started seeing her. Maybe was I fifth? I was at least 16. I want to say. And, um, cause I was driving. Yeah. I was 16 when things, when grandma, you know, it got over, um, whelming school cause I was in dual enrollment. So I was doing high school, college, work, sports, and worrying about grandma. Um, yeah. And we wondered why I needed some antidepressants or anxiety meds. Moving on. Um, the lesson in that all is, I don't care about that stuff because you know what medicine I take right now? Synthroid for my thyroid. And that's it. <laughs> and that's it. Like, I barely even drink pop. I'm very careful of what I put in my body. Um, like, right now, I'm drinking water. Like, I very I cut I used to I used to vape like a chimney, but um I've cut back significantly on that. Um and I feel better and like I know I'll quit when I'm ready and I can I'm able to and I can handle the withdrawal symptoms because nicotine addiction is something fierce. Like the withdrawal symptoms, like you hate it. It's so expensive. You get shaky with it, without it, you get headaches and nauseous and it makes my stomach sick when I vape too much sometimes and it's like why am I doing this to myself or am I that addicted to this chemical that my body is like giving me heck when I don't give it it like geez you really got to be aware of the things you're putting in your body um anyways back to the main lesson about ringers and notifications I used to sleep with my phone on vibrate um, because we had a house phone back then. Um, yeah. And my parents, like, we all had, had, like, plugged our phones in, and we usually set alarms, and they were on the other side of the room because we like to have to get up and turn them off, so we were already moving because me, I'll, I'll hit snooze in my sleep and, like, turn alarms off without realizing it if I'm too tired. Um but when I knew my grandma wasn't doing well and she was in and out of the hospital and, and things were, my, my grandfather's health was declining and my grandmother was, um, I don't know if she was in remission or if she was doing treatment at that time, but uh, she was in constant pain. And I, I know it, you could see it. Like she had masses that she, we never told her that it was actually cancer eating at her jaw and stuff. And we just told her it was TMJ or whatever, but she actually had uh, multiple myeloma bone marrow cancer. And even after her stem cell, cell transplant and being in remission, um, it came back and uh, it, it wasn't long after that. And we just focused on her comfort and giving her the things. She... <sighs> the things she needed. And, um, yeah, I, I'm crying right now because I remember when she was on hospice, it's all happy tears. It's all happy tears. I was the last person she spoke to is the short point. Um, my mom and cousins and brother and dad and uncles and aunts and, you know, we were all in it out of there. Um, But I walked in the one night and she opened her eyes and 
she looked at me and said, I love you, Logan. Or maybe it was just I love you or, or something. And I said, I love you too, Grandma. She closed her eyes and... I don't know what else she saw after that when her eyes were closed or if she opened them again when we weren't there. Or, or what, but the... the... Sweet goodness, why am I so emotional? <sighs> Those were the times that, that uh, made me learn to keep my ringer on. Because one night, the house phone rang in the middle of the morning. And I'd, <laughs> I'm laughing because my parents. Um, on my dad's side of the bed, on his nightstand, there, there's the the answering machine. Was the answering machine, which um, I think I did the recording. This is Tim, Rondo, Logan, and Trevor. We can't come to the phone right now. Please leave a message after the beat. Have a great day. Bye. My bed family literally have the old-fashioned tape recording of me for the answering machine. But anyways, the phone rings middle of the night. A first ring. My eyes popped open. I was already out of my bed and putting clothes on. I don't know what pants I grabbed. I know the sweatshirt was raggedy because my, I'll tell you, we'll get to that. But I literally grabbed whatever was near me. Pajamas, work clothes, grass cutting clothes, brand new fresh clothes out the lawn, whatever was nearest. Pants, I, I, don't, even, I don't know, I think I put underwear on. Underwear, pants, socks, and some form of shirt. Before my dad even said hello. I knew it was my grandma. Um... She was okay, but apparently uh, my grandfather, like I said, his health was declining. And we think he was starting to get like a little bit of a sundowners, a little bit of like Alzheimer's dementia kind of thing um, before he went into a facility before my grandma passed. Um, but he, he had escaped. But I mean, it was his own house, but he got out without my grandmother noticing despite the bells and alarms and multiple doors and somehow drove down to the gas station at the bottom of the hill to buy cigarettes because like me well like my grandfather like nicotine addiction it's real and even in his demented days he still wanted to hold that cigarette whether it was whether he rolled it when he was younger and it was what he smoked or he went and bought it at the store um but he walked in and collapsed i think he had a major heart attack and they called, the police showed up at my grandma's door and she needed a ride to the hospital and the cops were going to take her or whatever, but she was like, no, I, someone in my family will take me. It'll be fine. It'll give me time to get ready because she was, she was very sick at that time because that was right before she passed. Very symptomatic. I mean, you know how some people have noticeable uh, Adam's apple and jaw lines? Well, my grandmother, even with her baggier skin, because she was in her older age and she was still beautiful and graceful, you could see the mass on her jaw and the places that were just eaten away. She was, there was a time she was trying, she couldn't swallow pills and crushing pills and that was too much. And she was trying liquid, uh, it in for her sore throat or cough and all different kinds of medications and go and through it. And there were points where she had brand new medications bottles because some of the pain medication just wasn't touching her. And she, I remember the last Christmas we celebrated together, I had got my wisdom teeth removed. So I was going through pain with eating and 
my grandmother uh, stepped away and I can't imagine how hard that must have been for her um, to go lay down because, but I mean, it, all her closest family was there and we were just, you know, all having a good time in her little apartment that she just moved into. Um, but from the day she moved in, the day we moved her, from the day we moved her in, to the, the day we collected the last of their belongings and closed their apartment door the last time. <sighs> Wherever my grandma was, I'd love to be with her, so I was up and dressed. I knew it was my grandma calling. My dad was like, Logue. Because <laughs> my brother was still sleeping and my mom was just starting to stir. And for some reason, I was off the next day of uh, uh, school or college or whatever I had that day. I was in high school, but, or I could skip it, and I didn't have college classes that afternoon at Penn State or whatever. And my dad was like, hello, because he heard me already getting ready. I said, was that grandma? He said, yeah. I saw you downstairs in the garage. I'm already dressed and ready. Um, you driving or am I driving? <laughs> and um, he uh, hopped in, and I remember my mom had a rental at that time because she just got T-boned, and um, her car was near totaled. Um, no fault of hers, and she still suffers from that accident. Um, God, that guy just, oh, I feel so bad for my mom. Um, but, so we got in the rental, and it was a Nissan Rando. I remember it was black, and when you started it, it revved. Like, it spiked you. It went, and then, like, warmed up. Like, I'm a huge car guy. I love cars. Um, and, it, and that, and my mom's garage was under my mom and dad's bedroom and the other garage was like the way they built the additions to the house and i'm like oh my goodness that was so loud um we went over there my dad made sure my grandma and i were okay we got in the car and because my dad had to go to work the next day and so did my mom and i had been taking care of my grandparents ever since i had the ability to and um they would ask me for help, I would help them with anything, whether it was reorganizing the spice cupboard, uh, scrubbing her floors because she had knee replacements and couldn't do it herself anymore, driving her to her chemo appointments. I did not care because she showed nothing but love. And that's why I hold Martha every night. For those haters that make fun of me for having a little remnants of a blanket and a pillowcase, I don't care what you think. I love Martha when I squeeze it, I feel good. <laughs> but, um, so I drove my grandmother to the hospital that night, and that's how I know my, remember the orange, or was it black or gray, something like that, uh, sweat, old sweatshirt I had of my dad's on, like a hand-me-down that I was using to veg in, um, like had a hole or a paint stain, and my grandma was like, I can't believe you came out in that. And I'm like, Grandma, I'm sorry, I was in a rush to make sure you were okay. And like, cause she, um, if she didn't have two nickels to rub together and um, your socks had holes in them, yeah, she would throw your socks away, but she would make sure you had a pair that, that she gave you her, that one nickel that she had, or that one pair of sock that went well with your other pair, she would, and it fit you, she would make sure that you were better off. And she put, she put everything. I just miss her so, so much. <clears throat> but that's the lesson in that. And when I tell my friends and family 
don't be afraid to call or text me. If, if I can respond or answer, I will. And if I can't, I will get back to you as soon as I can. And I can tell when something's urgent or when it's not, or at the time of day and who calls me. I'm very good with people's vibes in person and over the phone. My bestie would ask, would tell you that Madison, like, day one, she could have a smile on her face and everything could be perfect, normal day outside and everybody would think that we would get together and I'd be like, so what was up today? And she'd be like, well, what do you mean? I'd be like, well, you picked this pencil out of your backpack instead of this one in math. And it was test day or something. But like, I could just read her and she could read me. I'm just so happy that she was the one person I always had in high school. And the day my grandfather passed. Wow, I promise I'm going to get into mental health, mental health and my struggles and lessons learned in a minute. But this is an important message I feel for Madison. Hold on, let me take a drink of water. Alright. So one of the teachers, I was taking a final... My grandmother had already passed, and um, let me go back to the studio in case anybody joins. I'm at 21 minutes already. Wow. Jeez. Okay. Anywho, I was taking a final. My grandmother had just passed. My grandfather had, was just moved into a personal care facility, and they were taking, struggling taking care of him. Um... So my phone was on Ringer, and I was taking a, a final, and my living angel mom called me. And um, I answered. Before she even said a word, I stood up. I was already logged off the computer before I slid to answer. Once I saw on my watch, it was my mama calling. Um, I was putting my utensils away. My teacher was like, look, what did you do? We're taking a final. Why are you on your phone? Why are you up and walking around? And I'm like, mm -mm. and then my mama was like, hey, um, something happened with your grandfather. And I just didn't know if you were available to, you know, leave right school right now. Maybe get your brother up the middle school and meet us at the hospital. I'm, I'm like, mom, I'm already on my way. Um, She's like, be careful, stay calm, everything's okay. I'm like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll be respectful and I'll get Trevor and my brother and we'll be there. I was 17, it was my senior year. I was 18 at the time. Um, so I was putting my supplies away when I hung up with my phone. My teacher was like, what was that about? And I said, I'm so sorry, personal per family emergency. I, I have to go. I said, I will go to the office and check out. My, my mom will call them and explain. I said, I have to go. He said, uh, okay. And I left and went to the office, did as I said, went and got my brother, went to the hospital. My grandfather uh, had passed. Um, in one of the trauma bays that I ended up being a nurse in and trying to save people in coincidentally when I was an ER nurse. Um, but he had already passed. It was a dark room. The grievance tray was outside and I was a senior in high school and didn't even wasn't even sure I wanted to be a nurse yet. And uh, 
I knew what was up the way that the door was shut, the lights were dark, the curtains were drawn. My parents met us outside, explained, walked us in, and that was my grandma passed in May. Never no, March, April, May. Two months? Not even two months. It was almost seven weeks. It was what? It was almost six or seven weeks exactly. I think he died from a broken heart, but Anywho, um, yeah, that was, that was a crazy experience. And I remember the teacher, going back to Madison, the teacher was like, looked at the, uh, the person that was sitting next to me. He was like, uh, was that planned? And this was a, a friend at the time. Um, he was like, no, like we were literally just talking about our midterms next period. Cause the next period was our, our, um, like the one class that went all year. Cause we had block scheduling at my high school. And um, he was like, no, we were literally just talking about our midterms next period before we started the project in this class. Because it was a CAD class and we were making a 3D project, printed project. And um, the teacher was like, hmm. And then he must talk to the officer or something because Madison had home ec class at that time. Which coincidentally, I think the teacher of my class was dating the teacher of her class. Or they were really good friends. Something. They they. They had a good relationship period. They were very friendly and he would go outside and he would talk to the students as they passed in the hall. He was a very friendly teacher as was the home ec teacher or whatever class. Madison and I, the way the classes, the halls came together, we always met at the corner and walked to the next period because the next period was our math class that we had together that year. And um, I wasn't there and I, all, I always beat her. <laughs> I was always waiting for her. We had the kind of relationship where even after I came out to her, I, I still sit on the outside of the sidewalk. I still hold the door for her. I still buy her ice cream. I still drive her places. I still call her. I still, I, I love her dearly. But, um, she was standing there. <laughs> I'm not sad as I say it's good emotions um, but the teacher would have to her and was like um logan just like suddenly left it during my class said family emergency so i don't know and then poor madison had to go into her midterm worrying <laughs> about me and i'm pretty sure she texted me or called me to check on me and um I remember she was at the funeral for both my grandmother and my grandfather. And at that time, we had dated and broken up, and I had hidden the gay secret of myself for a while, and she wasn't mad that I necessarily let her on, because I didn't. I was so confused myself, and she was just upset that I didn't feel comfortable enough to tell her I was gay, and that's why I broke up with her. And not that it was because I didn't love her, or that I had cancer and I needed to take a break. She thought I was dying. She didn't care that I was gay. And then I just, we were better off as friends. But she has pure, a pure heart. And that's why I would rearrange plans if I could and had to for her, just like any of my other family and friends. Oh, a bunch of people are hitting me up. But, 
Oh, it's almost 9.01. It's 9 o'clock even, p.m. 9.01 is my home address. Um, that's kind of significant. My, like, ch child home. <sighs> okay. So, we are actually almost half an hour in. I'm going to take a really quick pause to blow my nose, and I don't want you guys to have to hear that. And then I'm going to talk uh, more in depth about mental health. Um, thanks for listening to all that. If you listened through it, um, whether I talked about you directly, indirectly, referenced you, or you related to an experience, or you were part of an experience I talked about, um, and you gave me a hug, a handshake, a pat on the back, a... listen real quick, I remember when I had to be a pulp bearer for my grandmother at the church she used to take me to when I was a little kid. I got up there. I obviously couldn't speak at the funeral. Oh, God. Um, that ceremony. But when I got up there to grab her casket, I was hysterical. Not, like, loud, but, like, like sobbing, like, violently jerking and sobbing, trying to hold myself together. <sighs> to the point where people in the audience looked at me and would just smile and nod their head because they knew that I was crying because I loved my grandmother so much and that was such a hard day in my life. But if you're in an experience I'm talking about, you showed up, you showed out, and I truly love you. So let me go blow my nose and then come back and talk about my struggles with mental health and how I am helping myself um, move on. Hey, <laughs> burp. <laughs> Alright, I'm coming at you. Back. Fresh, cool, calm, collected. I hope you took a drink of water, a deep breath, and a little break for yourself if you stuck with me for through that crazy half an hour. Um, but yeah, let's get to it. Mental health. My diagnosis. <laughs> um, anxiety, obviously. Um... But I want to talk about what it was like before I started seeing a psychiatrist. Um, before, you know, my grandma got sick and I graduated high school and lost my grandfather and, you know, started college and lost my other grandmother and tried to get into nursing school. And, like, before those bombs dropped and I started, like, going to therapy, I had a wonderful upbringing and I have no remorse for any of my loved ones. Speaking of, here's one texting me now. <laughs> oh, you can hear me, excuse me. Yes, I have GERD 
and IBS now, but, oh, excuse me, um, yes, so upbringing, I'm talking about more school, more my school environment, um, so that's, that's why this is part one, because I have no clue where this is going to go, how long I'm going to record for, when I'm going to mental health topics I'm going to talk on. Because mental health is an ongoing learning and treatment process for for yourself and other people, healthcare, uh, professionally or, or personally. Um, so that's why I named this just part one, period. Um, but it, my, my issues started in undeniably elementary school. Um, no, not elementary school. Elementary school was good. We were still Manaka. No, maybe it was elementary, considered elementary school. It was at least, yeah, third and fourth grade. Um, I was tiny for my age. I was a skinny little short dude with, um, spiky hair and it, it was green sometimes for St. Patrick with my all green outfit or pink because I wanted it pink for Valentine's Day and you know you have that innocence your parents let you be you and it was the kids around me that didn't let me be me whether it was the ones raising their fist at me in the cafeteria line that landed me in the principal's office in third grade for the first time um yeah, elaborate on that. My parents um, went to a parent-teacher conference. There's a lesson in this right here. Um, to the principal that I that lectured me after the fight. And my parents said, you know, we, t we talked to him. He explained it, what happened to us. And she said, um, this is what happened. And they, my parents were like, yeah, that's what he told us. And she said, okay. And my parents said, um, we're, we're just here to say, you know, we're not punishing him. He, he didn't start anything. Um, he was always taught to never start anything, but always defend yourself and finish it. And um, the principal was pretty much just like, mm, okay, like, you know, like it was like, what can you say, really? Um, and the kid was a lot bigger than me. Oh, it was a lot bigger than me. I was such a tiny little kid in third grade. Um, and then was it third? I think it also might have been third grade. I was uh, one of my first physical um, fist fights that I actually had to be pulled off of someone. It was at a, was it middle school or elementary school dance? It was in my my school's Manaka, the original, because my Manaka and Center merged to what I graduated from Central Valley. But where I started off Manaka, the building that was the high school and middle school, it was so many, Monaco was such a small, small district, they had like two school buildings for all grades. Um, but, wait, where was I going with that? I completely lost that train of thought. Oh, I, yeah, I remember what cafeteria it was in. It was in the, the Monaco, what's now the Central Valley Middle School. Because they have a glass hallway, and um, this kid... The DJ, the music was bumping, we were dancing, we were little kids, moving and grooving, listening to the music at the times, like, um, kiss me through the, kiss me through the phone, like, what good music, <laughs> I miss those times, um, and he would purposely, like, come up to me and nudge me, like, brush past me, and I would just 
brush like let it go let it go and one time he did it really hard and i and he like moved me and i twisted towards him and he stopped and looked at me and i just shoved him back and he swung at me and then honestly all i remember is shaking i was sitting on his stomach with my knees on the ground because the what the, the way i had him pinned down and he was trying to guard his face and i was just pummeling him i'm not proud of this moment at all um, I can't believe I did that. I mean, luckily he's fine. He was fine. Um, one of the, uh, what are they called when you're chaperones? One of the chaperones pulled me off and, um, we went our separate ways, but I went to the glass hallway where, where you came in for admission because it was so much cooler out there because it was already dark in the time of year and it's literally a glass hallway. Um, but like, and then yes, in fifth grade, one kid was fighting me for another kid. This other kid had beef with me and didn't want to fight me, so he got another kid to do it. I think he was scared of me or, or what, I don't know. Because at that time in fourth grade, I had my, did I, have, I only had one ear pierced. Whichever one, like, was a stereotype, like, not gay ear. I was the first kid in my little rural suburban town. Um, did I use those words right? Um, to have his ear pierced. Like, it was a, a lengthy conversation with my parents. Like, look, are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure? Like, I had magnetic ones to try before I actually got it pierced. In fourth grade, I got it pierced for real, for, for real. Um... And then, of course, the kids that that, were, that wanted to fight me got, ended up getting their ears pierced later on in life. But um, I remember I was pinned down. I was on my back, hands beside my head, um, laying flat, completely pinned down, staring straight up. Kid was on my stomach, holding my arms flat, getting ready to to beat me up. And he just looked at me and was like, why aren't you defending yourself? Like, Why aren't you fighting back? I said, my beef's not with you. It's with the dude that's standing behind you that you're fighting me for like why are you just sitting here like are you gonna beat me up or like what are we gonna do because like i don't have no beef with you and that's when the teacher walked in pulled us apart um i don't even know if my parents knew about that fight that was with um i think he's out of jail or rehab now i don't know where he's at in life actually that's a lie i saw this individual i am not gonna break any rules or laws, but I saw this individual um, after high school and after my college graduation, um, and he was with, I don't know who he was with, but I saw him in this area out and about, and I was like, I didn't know he was around because the last I heard about him, like, from high school, he was out of state or in jail or rehab or something, and, like, I don't know, like, I saw them out and about, and I thought, like, I just saw them, and I was like, I know who that is. The kid who towered over me and almost beat the shit out of me. And then I was like, I can't remember where we were or what we were doing, but, like, he didn't see me or recognize me, and I kept going about my business. And as I went about my business, I thought back to, like, I remember that time in fourth grade. I was like, and then I thought to me in my life and where I'm at now or wherever we were and I was driving to or past them at, and I was like, I graduated high school, highest honors, scholarship to community college. I'm a registered nurse. 
And then I was like, what have you done since like fourth grade? You know, like I was not, not in a cocky or arrogant way. I was just like, what is your true story? Like, what have, where have you been? What have you been up to? Like, I don't want to commit you a, a, a place of judgment. I'm just like, seriously curious. I hope you're doing well in life because you didn't beat me up. You stop and realize like, I don't want to do this either. Like, I have no beef with you. Like, I'm, I'm honestly not complaining about that experience. I'm just saying like, I was picked on from a very young age. Let me take a, a sip of water. <laughs> the, yeah, my voice. Bullied for that. That's coming up. That story. <clears throat> my voice. And the reason that I cried when I started this show and dropped the first episode and realized someone from outside of the United States or, you know, like, outside of my friend. Not, I don't know if it's outside of the United States, but like outside of my friend. I reached... Someone outside of my friend group, my voice, and someone listens to me. Everyone deserves to be heard for who they really are and, and the positive things in their life. But I'm back in my life, back in the past. We're not dwelling on it. We're just pleasantly reminiscing um, middle school. We were merged at that point, and the school was huge because what became the Manaka High School and elementary school, high school and middle school was just the whole entire Central Valley middle school period. So it was like a sense of comfort because like I went to kindergarten in that building. But at the same time, like since third grade, I was in center buildings. And then, or no, fourth grade. I was in fifth grade to just sixth grade. I was in center buildings. Um, and then high school was a center building, but middle school, I was running late. I was struggling finding pre-algebra. <laughs> and I was getting chunky at the time. Um, depression was starting, anxiety, and I was struggling to find my class. I'm huffing, puffling, <laughs> puffing, puffing, running down the halls, trying to find whatever room number. It might have been like 101. It was near the nurse's office. I remember it distinctly now. I could walk you right to it. Out of any, you could take me in any entrance of the building. I could take you directly to that classroom. Um, but the teacher was standing outside. She was like, "Are you Logan?" And I'm like, "Yes, I'm so sorry." And I know I was emotional, and I like swiped my. I was trying so hard not to cry because I was overwhelmed, and I was late, and everybody was in there, and I was scared. It was the first day. I was nervous about how I smelled and what I looked like, and I was sweating. And, and I, my throat hurt so bad from trying not to cry of embarrassment. And she was like, are you Logan? And I'm like, yes. Or are you whatever teacher? And I have her name. I know her name. I remember you. I have your picture vividly in my head. Um, but I just didn't want to say it without, you know, consent, um, respectfully. <laughs> um, but she waited at the door. Let me come in her classroom, shut the door, went to her desk, let me get settled, and then introduced herself and started with the class. Like, but that was also the same room where my biggest middle school through high school bully started putting me down and started, um, this is where my true people-pleasing tendencies started. I was, it was later on in the year, 
this individual said to me, I'm not name dropping, I'm not doing this disrespectful, I'm just saying my life experiences, the things I happened and what I learned from them and how I moved on. But this individual made a comment, why don't you come out of the closet already, Logan? This was sixth grade. I had absolutely no idea what that meant. Oblivious, no comment, whatever you want to say. I had no clue what that meant. Um, no clue what that meant. And I was like, Michael, I was like, I already did. Because, like, I wanted to have confidence and be able to, come, like, have... I wanted so desperately for people to like me so bad. I tried to be funny. I, I, I tried to have comebacks. And they always... The bullies always had better comebacks and just made me push myself even deeper into the box that I locked myself up in, in my true self. Um, and that's what causes people pleasing tendencies. I said, I already came out of the closet. He was like, oh, everybody, did you already hear that? And I didn't even know what it meant. I thought, and at that age, I already had a walk-in closet. And I was like, I already, I was like, literally, I, that's what I thought. I was like, I got my clothes out of the closet. I came out of the closet this morning. Like, <sighs> my voice, I was so ridiculed for having a feminine or girly or high-pitched voice laugh. The way I sang, the way I sounded, and... The way I dressed, the way I walked, the way I talked, the car I drove, the bike I rode, pedal bike, motor, like, I felt judged by everyone because I, everybody made me hate myself. I was so depressed. I mean, I, I still rocked life, I guess, to my, the best of my abilities at that time. I was still early for school. I watched the sunrise because that was the... That's a good lesson right there, Logan. That was the one thing you enjoyed. You were the first one at the school all the time so that you could listen to your music and watch the sunrise and drink your Starbucks or whatever. I didn't get Starbucks in the morning to walk into school with it. I got Starbucks if I wanted it, and half the time it was gone before I walked in because... I was I wanted to watch the sunrise that morning. It was like the fall or spring, and it was pumpkin spice season, like it is now. And and you know the the sky is a, a gorgeous view, especially in the mornings at that time. And I guess that was the time that I gathered myself and let myself have a little bit of things I liked in my life and joy. Because when I walked through those doors, it wasn't the person I am today. That. That kid in high school, if I would have told him, if I don't took a picture of me right now and told him everything that I'm up to at this very second, he would have a panic. He would he would go into psychosis. There, he would never believe me and where I'm at in my life. And I'm here because I'm I've I've learned from the way I've been treated and the way I treated myself, and I've learned to treat myself better. And I'm here to talk about my past and the lessons I've learned in, in, in a good light. I'm I'm grat I'm grateful for all of these things in a way because if I didn't hide myself and, and try every single sport under the, the sun that I thought I might have potential at, I wouldn't have found my true passions. And um let me take a sip. I'm gonna have to get another water. <clears throat> it was empty. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Don't forget to um recycle your plastic. Um, if you use it, get a Brita, Brita's and, um, reusable cups.
positively faithful help the environment. But, um, yeah, I'm different than I was now. And I learned a lot of lessons and I let people guide me in who I could and couldn't be. I tried wrestling. I tried tennis. I tried archery. And we did go to uh, Kentucky finals, nationals, nationals, because it was after states. Yeah. Nationals in Kentucky for archery. I still have my competition bow. I love shooting competitionally, like um, target practice and stuff. It's a fun, um, like, very focused sport. But I did decent in the things that I tried because I wanted to try them. But I was never fully happy in them. Because I was never truly myself. I was only myself around my bestie Madison, my bestie G, um, my mom, my dad. And those little bursts of light, I think, are what kept me going. Because here comes the mental health lesson. Suicide awareness. Um, there are times... I'm not going to get real dark real right now, but... There were times where I had suicidal ideations and, and, and intense. I had uh, plans. Um, but you know what always stopped me? Not my will to live, but what about my car payment? What about the debt my parents would have from that? What about school right now? The debt from that and like I wouldn't finish the education. And what about the stuff in my room? They would be so sad. That's why I stuck around. Because I cared about other people more than I did myself. I stuck around for the wrong reasons. But listen, I'm glad I stuck around. And that's the reason I have the semicolon tattoos behind my ears. The one is a semicolon in a parenthesis making a winky face. And the other is a semicolon making the head and body. Um, in addition to the wings of a butterfly. And those are my favorite tattoos, the ones I have on my head. Every tattoo I have on my body um, is meaningful and reminds me of something powerful within my side, myself from an experience or, or whatever. Um, so when people look at me in negative ways about my, the, ta the lightning bolt I have on the side of my head, I don't care. That's for me. That's not for you. It's not your body. If you don't like it, look away. I like it, so I took a picture of it, and that's why it's the, the cover. But people comment people comment and compliment me on it all the time. Oh my gosh, I love that head tattoo. That is so unique. And it, it is literally just, it's so simple, but it's, it, to me, it means strength, power, spiritual enlightenment, the growth, and all the things that are within me. And I love the placement of it, the meaning, the things it reminds me of, and there are days of sometimes, listen, a couple weeks ago, I was having a very bad day and I was, but I wasn't like openly putting that off on other people. I was at the drive through in Arby's and I drove up and I was like, I'm so sorry. Is it too late to add a cookie? I saw it as I was driving past after ordering and I would love a cookie if I could add one. And she was like, not an issue at all. So nice. And then I think I gave her, I can't remember what I did or what she did. But I remember she complimented me on my, and she was like, I love that head tattoo. And I was like, oh my gosh, thank you. And I drove home and I was like, Logan, that head tattoo, 
I made a podcast about this that day, and I'm putting it out there live. Um, it reminded me of why I got that tattoo and who I am and where I come from. And I let this, and I'm the person that listens to like two seconds of a song if that's all they want to hear and skips to the next. But I listened to the songs as they came on the radio, and they reminded me of people from my past, all different kinds of people. And I was like, I enjoyed the songs, and I didn't focus so much on the memories of them, negative or positive. I focused on what the songs meant to me and why I enjoyed them. And I just, like, reclaimed my power in my life because I'm in control. Your life and where you are at right now is a reflection of your past. The house you bought that, that you were approved for, the car that you got you were approved for, your furniture, everything that you're paying on is because of the job you have and what you can currently afford. Just with your energy and work and school and your attitude about life. I'm trying, I'm putting love back into my, I have the master key to that little box and that box is permanently opened. It, it can't shut anymore. And I'm careful of who I share that key with. I know who I let that, who I let see that and what, um, how I speak with the people that do see that box. Because my box is always open now. I, I am me um, unapologetically. Like, I am what I am. And if I'm too much, the TikToker said this. I can't remember who credit to them. If I'm too much, go get less. And that's a fucking vibe. Period. Yes. Like, I'm moving forward in my life with a full heart that I feel. Just like when you're, you're um, on an airplane, how you have to give oxygen to yourself before you can help your baby. Feel your heart first. When I get up and out of the shower, I compliment myself before I go to work and, and um, tell my coworkers how much I appreciate them and how good of a work they do because they do. F families, uh, higher ups, um, people are always complimenting my coworkers to me, um, and I am so grateful for the the team that I work with because we're unstoppable. <laughs> we're just so level-headed kind-hearted and positive people we understand each other and that is why i love them and i answer their texts i answer their calls whether i'm on the clock off the clock any point in time if i have the availability to answer their call or their text when it comes i'm, I'm going to because i love and respect them professionally and professionally they're very important people in my life and as I express gratitude from, for them and, and love for myself, love for them, and love for my family, I'm having the healthiest conversations, most productive and loving, respectful conversations with my parents and aunts and cousins and brother and friends and just everybody around me. And my coworkers are reciprocating that energy. And they're putting that out to the patients and the families, and they see that, and they're telling me that. And I'm just telling them how I see it, and I, and I appreciate them because I could not do my job without them. They are an integral part of the team, of the team that I work on. And I am honored and feel blessed to work with them each and every day. Ash, Jen, if you're listening, I love you guys, truly. Um, Thanks for a wonderful day. We had a good day at work today. Um, our patients are all taken care of. Um, and, and we did that. You know, we ensure their safety and comfort. And I, I, I couldn't be 
I couldn't do all my job responsibilities without you two guys doing so well in yours. And with the way that we work together, we do provide optimal patient prioritized care. And the uh, other families and, and all the people within our company even see that. And I know they do. And I feel that. And if they're listening, thank you. Um, and I, I just want to do my part and thank you to the people that I work with daily. Um, I go in to different areas for work. Um, I'm not going to give away too much detail, but I come in contact with different people throughout the day. Um, patients, families, uh, upper management, doctors, nurse practitioners, aides, LPNs, RNs, uh, spiritual leaders, uh, social workers from all over the place. And I greet them with a smile and a friendly wave. And every time I see them now, do you know what? Yes, they greet me with a friendly and smile wave. They're happy to see me because I'm happy to see them. Yeah, it's Monday again, but you know what? We're both here. We're here in our jobs doing what, what, what we need to do for ourselves and those around us. I thank you for coming into work and doing your job, and good morning. I hope you have a good day. And, and they know that's what I mean, and I know they feel that because when they smile and wave back at me, even under the mask, they, you can smile with your eyes. I feel it, and um, I'm just so grateful for the people that I surround myself with, and the lesson there is by loving myself and stop worrying about pleasing other people. I've learned to love myself and I'm ready to love other people and move forward with love. You have to love yourself, love those around you because you help yourself and those around you, you know, keep the love going. And when you have the purest of heart and um, ideas and intentions in mind for yourself and your future, you're going to bring in like-minded and similar individuals, whether it be romantic partners, friendships, or whatever. I have all of those. I have family relationships, friend, amazing friendships. I've had situationships is what I like to call um, unofficial relationships as a gay guy. I mean... I've learned so much with hookup culture and traveling and the way others treated me and the way I let other people treated me. But you know, when I broke away from that, I choose myself first each and every day. When I get up out of bed, who do I see before I get in the shower? Me. It is a wonderful thing. To wake up alive. You know how they say grass is always greener on the, the other side? And other people debate if that's true or not true. Well, go ahead. Wake up one day and you, you let me know when I catch up with you. If the grass is greener on that side. Whatever side you're on. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just so grateful that I have the privilege. To have a healthy body, mind, spirit. To, to wake me up in the morning. And get me to the bathroom. And to the shower. And I express gratitude for myself. Every day. And it, <laughs> as a gay guy, um, I do know what we wear on Wednesdays. And after I get out of the shower and tell myself that I, eventually I'll get rid of my love handles. And I stare at myself naked and give myself at least one compliment. Whether it be on my eyes or it be removing the lint that is in my belly button. I It doesn't matter. And then I go put on my hot pink or fuchsia um Underwear, which of course nobody ever knows about or can see under my scrubs, because I put I, I go back in and I'm like, yeah, you look good in pink. Boys can wear pink. Logan, you got the balance between 
femininity and masculinity. You are who you are. Be unapologetically you. So I put on my scrubs, you know, all professional. And, you know, I don't wear jewelry really when I go to work. I put my watch on and maybe a bracelet, but like no rings or crazy necklaces. And I look very professional, tidied up. Um, and then I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, I realized that. I was like, wow. Okay, Logan RN, let's go get this bread. And I went out and got it. And I'm just proud of myself for not only going through nursing school and graduating and becoming a nurse, but going casual recently so that I can finish the semester strong. Because I am smart and I, I just need the time. I need to prioritize the things in my life. And work was taking up too much time. So I went casual so that I can... Because the classes were already paid for, and it was $6,000 for three classes. Yeah, I wasn't just dropping that money. Um, so I went casual at work. I'll make it work um, for this semester, finish those classes, and then I can figure out what I want to do uh, for, you know, go full-time, continue with school and nursing, or, or leave nursing completely. Who knows where I'll be? you got to take life day by day and meet your own needs first. I have to get up and take a sip of water, take my Synthroid, get a shower, brush my teeth, get myself feeling good, smelling good before I can go out there and see a patient or call a family or, or call a doctor. I love the doctors that I call all the time. Um, they're very special, wonderful people. Nurse practitioners, oh my goodness, I love them all. <clears throat> but talking to someone that's in a higher power or authority than you is intimidating. It, regardless, but they have always made me feel so comfortable coming to them. They are so approachable, but you still have a little bit of level of anxiety because because I'm an RN and, and they are a doctorate prepared graduate. You know what I mean? And they know their stuff and I appreciate their knowledge. When they take the time to explain things to me or help me better understand um, a health condition or a medication, that thing sticks with me, and I'm so grateful. They, they teach us life lessons all the time, too, on how to deal with patients and negativity in healthcare. They're, they shine very bright at work, whether I, I see them in a meeting, talk to them on the phone, or, or I know um, they're out there doing their job in the company. But you have to surround yourself by the people you want in your life and the kind of energy you want. And work got overwhelming, and so I agreed to meet their need, go casual and meet their needs you know what the company needs from me as a nurse and it's doable and my timeline with school and everything else I have going on um, and then things are working out how they're supposed to be the lesson is you have to be respectful you have to be respectful kind polite don't be afraid to express yourself but when you do make sure that um, you're level-headed with it and you're not just exploding on people. Because if you do explode, gather yourself and understand what that's about. I exploded on my dad the other day. I gathered myself literally minutes later. I went to him sobbing, explaining why. And um, and what I felt. And he didn't know. He didn't know that's why I reacted the way I did to the simple question he asked. But he does now. And we have a fantastic relationship. And communication is key to building uh, healthy relationships, friendships, romantic relationships, whatever. And um, 
But you have to love yourself enough to be in a place where you attract healthy relationships or where you can keep the relationships you have healthy. And knowing your boundaries for yourself and your work, life, school, balance, that's important. Um, Because you are truly your number one fan. And at the end of the day, only you know yourself best. I still go to my parents' advice. No shame in it. I still go to therapy and talk about my feelings to understand myself better. But I do it reasonably. And when I go to my parents, I don't say, Mom, Dad, this is what I want in life. How can I get it? I say, Mom, Dad, this is what I'm thinking I want to do next with my life. Where I want to move, where I want to live, what job I want to get. Um, This is the requirements. This is my education, my background. And this is what I'm hoping it might bring. What are your guys' thoughts? And we have a productive, healthy conversation and make a decision. But at the end of the day, it's my life and I'm going to do what I want. And and people get misconstrued when, why do you come for me for advice? You never listen to what I want. Well, I come for your advice because I I value your opinion. But uh, yeah, you didn't speak louder than the voice inside of my head. And I did do what I wanted because I valued my opinion on the subject more. You know what I mean? But... Those are obviously unequal relationships. Um, my The relationship with my parents and family and friends is not like that. We have very healthy, equal um, relationships. We support each other's needs emotionally, intelligently, um, spiritually, whether it be with school, school help, life help, crying, a shoulder to lean on, someone to hug, someone to walk with, someone to go get ice cream, dinner, like literally whatever it is. I love the people that I see on a daily basis. And that's why I actually didn't record it all yesterday. Um, This is the last thing I'm going to say, and then I'm actually going to hop off for the night. Um, This is part, this is like my fourth episode. This is the fourth day of the podcast. And um, let's check my stats. Let's see. Refresh. I want to see how many people I can thank. Uh, Accurately. What do you think? What do you think? 72 plays, 24 plays per episode, audience size, 51. And audience size is, this is the number of distinct devices that downloaded or streamed an episode in the last seven days. So thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to me, even if it was two seconds of this podcast. I'm proud of myself for putting myself out there and loving myself enough to respect my voice and not let the the, the faggot comments, the, the, gay, the gay comments, the girly comments, the, the haters. I'm not letting the haters get to me. I know who I am. I love who I am. And so the, every single 51 of you guys, whether you hear, you're hearing this or not, I appreciate you. Your time is valuable, and that's a big lesson in this show. Um, respect yourself enough to value your time and what you do with it. Um, and you took your time, whether it's two seconds or however long this podcast is, to listen to me. Um, so thank you. I appreciate you. Whoever you are, wherever you are, um, know that you are loved, whether it is by me and my appreciation for you listening to me or the love that you truly do have around you because... I know not everybody has a loving, supportive, supporting family or friends, and 
some of the coldest times and darkest times for me, where I felt the most alone, where I stayed up late at night contemplating my life and what I'm going to do, was laying next to bed in someone. With like laying next to laying in bed next to someone while they while I listened to them sleep peacefully. I laid there and cried and stressed myself to sleep until my alarm went off and I had to get a shower and cry and get all anxious and go to one of my first days as a nurse because that's the time that I was in in my life. And But look at you now, Logan. I'm proud of you. You did it. Um, you put yourself out there. And I just really hope... But whoever you are, wherever you're listening from, whatever app, whatever device, wherever you're sitting, wherever you're at in your life, I appreciate you for your time listening, or if I know you personally for what you have given to me so far, because I truly have changed. I am nothing but grateful for what I have in my life. I have brought great things to my life so far, and where I'm at is a reflection of the things I, I brought into my and where I'm going, I only want to bring even better things. And that's why I changed and why I might be too extra or too positive. Well, I'm sorry, honey. That's me now. That's who I am. I'm, I'm not apologizing for who I am. It is. I'm not sorry. It's who I am. Don't listen to me if, if you get annoyed by me or don't, want, or don't like the sound of my voice. Go listen to another podcast. But... I feel like I had a voice, a decent enough voice and enough experience and a positive enough attitude to put myself out there. And I did. And 51 people have heard me, um, whether it's two seconds or hours of listening or whatever I have recorded. Thank you. You are valued. You hold a place in this world. <clears throat> Make sure you put yourself first. Hold your head high. I have tattoos on myself in both of my parents' handwriting. Um, my dad is, has zero tattoos and is was not a fan of the head tattoos. But I actually uh, convinced him to write, keep your head up. Because when I was a wrestler and would lose it, he would always say that. Um, I have his handwriting tattooed on me. Long story short is truly keep your family and friends closer than your enemies. Don't keep your enemies closer than, than those you Love yourself, love those around you, and just keep bringing more love in. And, and, and block out the haters for those Vine days and those, remember? Mm, just blocking out the haters. <laughs> I can still picture that dude with those plastic spoons over his eyes. And he was just doing him. And he never thought that this far in the future people would still remember him. And he was just doing him. I'm just doing me. So go out in the world and positively... Fuck around and find out. Positively be you. Spread love. Spread joy. Give thanks and take pride in the things you do. Because that's how you make a better future for yourself. Because where you're at is a reflection of your past. Where you're at are the things you've brought to yourself. And you're, where you're at is you're working to bring things from the future to your current life. Pay your bills that are coming up. Bring that, go get that Louis Vuitton wallet with the next paycheck. Uh, go get that tank of gas. Go get that nice dinner. Go get that McDonald's because you got that bonus today. Whatever it is I want, I get because I work hard for it. And I take pride in the things around me. 
not just the things, but the people. And the point of this podcast is I'm just doing me and I just want to show myself and the people around me love, appreciation, and, and just explain how grateful I am. And that I'm not lecturing here. This is literally just me talking to myself and whoever is listening at whatever point in time. I just want to have healthy, productive conversations. I know I'm repetitive. I just don't understand how to make, I just don't know how to make people get my point or like how I can be relatable to everybody, you know, and I'm just talking about the things I know. I just want to have open conversations because the times that I felt so alone, even surrounded by people, the times that I was like, Logan, do you really want to like wake up in the morning or would you be okay if you just, you know, didn't go to wake up the next morning? Like those are some dark times, man. But I pulled myself through. I took the love from those around me, um, got out of that relationship, moved back in with my parents, got the strength and courage to, to leave nursing for a little bit. And then I came back to nursing after finding myself, learning some life lessons, moved out. And here I am on my own talking to myself, but whoever you are, thank you for listening. Um, I just hope that maybe my rambling made sense at some point and you can continue positively faithfulling. Until next time, I love you. Good night. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Good night.